put some stank on it as a phrase you hear in sports a lot, right? Whether it's um, uh, pitching a fastball, um, you're going to slap a hockey puck into the goal. You just really want to put some, some extra energy into it, right? So if you're going to put out a marketing campaign or start a new business or put your energy and effort into something in your life, just making sure that um, you brought the best of you to whatever it is that you take on. And I, I feel this is this works even if you're if if you're in a role working as an employee in an organization. If you think about every project that you take on within the context of your role as something that you're doing to build your own portfolio, uh, you're going to put something more into it, right? You're going to bring the stank. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. On top of the project, and I I think these are all aspects that um, that lend to that sort of moniker of being scrappy in your life. You're listening to the Rich State of Mind Show, the podcast made to make you the total package in the entrepreneurial world and give you what we call a rich state of mind. If you are here looking to learn about real estate investing, marketing, elevating your business, and developing your mindset to get to the next level, then you are at the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join our community on richstateofmind.com. Now here's your host, Anthony Ritchie. Hey everybody, welcome to an episode of Rich Day Mile where I'm talking to Colton Brainer. Uh, Colton has spent his entire career where the rubber meets the road between product development and branding on the one side and marketing and sales on the other side. This experience has enabled him to combine strong strategies with creative execution to help companies grow fast while spending less or as he likes to call it, the modern marketing with some stink on it. Even though Colton might not take himself too seriously, he is a seasoned executive experience growing businesses and driving brand visibility for organizations of all sizes. At Scrappy AF Solutions, he has proven that he can take average marketing teams and guide them so that they can become exceptional. If you're looking for a unique yet authoritative speaker on B2B marketing or purpose-driven leadership to really engage your audience, and add a touch of humor, then Colton is your guy. Uh, please stay tuned for this episode. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, as you can see throughout the bio that I've read, uh, Colton definitely doesn't take himself too serious, but it's definitely enticing to check him out, see what type of marketing strategies he provides, and you'll learn something. And as always, thank you for listening. Hey, Colton, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're over in the West Coast. It's a little bit earlier for you. It's an early evening for me. I really appreciate uh, your time with us. Uh, like we talked a little bit offline, uh, I think this would be a very easy conversation to have that's going to go very smooth, uh, talking about marketing, talking about branding, business, and uh, some things that people uh, need to know. And from a different take, we haven't talked about before. So please, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Right on, Anthony. I appreciate you having me here. Um, so I've I kind of cut my teeth in marketing over the last uh, 20 years. I've been a marketing executive. Um, and for the most part, it's really all been with small organizations. Well, I've started with small organizations and I've been helping them to grow. Last one I started with was in a mid-stage startup when I took over as chief marketing officer. And then we grew them up to uh, a unicorn company, meaning privately nice. held worth, worth over a billion dollars. Um, and, and because I've always started out in small organizations, you know, I've joined groups that had 12 people, 20 people, um, and you have to, you have to be scrappy. There you go. Um, so the, 
application of strategy and really leveraging creativity is what that's what that's meant in my career so that you can still compete at a market where you've got long-standing incumbents with deep pockets it takes less money if you bring more strategy and more creativity I, I like the fact that you uh said that um i was just talking about that concept to my sister as far as in, with real estate investing when you get uh creative when you yeah. have a strategy uh, you will pay uh, less cents to the dollar um, because you're usually coming at it in a unique way that uh, maybe maybe very unique and uh, foreign to a lot of other people, but it, it's probably just as efficient, but cheaper. And that's awesome when you can find it. I think that is like one of the key characteristics in real entrepreneurship, real business when you can uh, figure that out. So that's cool. Yeah, right on. I appreciate you saying that. I, it is it is true that being scrappy can be advantageous in many areas of life and business. Yes. And so you say, uh, why is why do you consider being scrappy necessary uh, in other aspects of business versus being a bad thing? Uh, yeah, well, sc scrappy can be interpreted as a bad thing. Um, but, you know, this it's kind of tongue in cheek, right? The way I see scrappy is um, there's a lot of ingenuity to it. And then my my tagline is put some stank on it, right? And you think about put some stank on it as a phrase you hear in sports a lot, right? Whether it's... Um, uh, pitching a fastball, um, you're going to slap a hockey puck into the goal. You just really want to put some, some extra energy into it. Right. So if you're going to put out a marketing campaign or start a new business or put your energy and effort into something in your life, just making sure that, um, you brought the best of you to whatever it is that you take on. And I, I, I feel this is, this works. Even if you're, if, if you're in a role working as an employee in an organization, if you think about every project that you take on, within the context of your role as something that you're doing to build your own portfolio, uh, you're going to put something more into it, right? You're going to bring the stank yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. on top of the project. And I, I think these are all aspects that, um, that lend to that sort of moniker of being scrappy in your life. And so do you feel like being scrappy is what gives somebody that competitive edge to stand out in a world where they're doing something that somebody else may be doing? I think being scrappy is part of it. Uh, if you really look up, uh, you know, on my website, I, I list out the scrappy principles, but one of them is being 100% authentic about who you are, uh, rather than trying to be something that everybody likes. I have, I have found time and time again, that if you're just being genuine, real, authentic about your personality, what you think, what you believe, who you are, um, there will be people who don't jive with that, but the people who do, and this is what we were talking about earlier, are more likely to become your fans. And I always encourage businesses and individuals who are trying to establish a brand to aim for having fans rather than just customers, because fans are out there. They want you to win. Customers will buy what you have, sure, but they're not out there to be your advocate, your evangelists, you know, spreading the word about you, telling people that they should also be buying from you. That's what a fan will do. Uh, and so, with, you know, with gaining a fan, uh, what type of unique relationship or strategy do you need to build in order to get that fan, vice customer? Uh, I think it's it's about bringing your story into what you do, so that people can see it, become aware of who's behind what they're buying, whether it's a product or a service, that they can find something to connect with on a personal level. This is really essential. I think a, a lot of people. Um, are still working on the traditional model of they put their product to service out front. If somebody wants it, then then right on. But but these days, 
there's so many channels to get anything, whether it's something that I want to buy or even someone that I want to work for, I can buy that product or find that job through dozens or hundreds of companies, depending on, on the industry or space. So now the consumer choice and the employee choice is enormous. I mean, it's really just, I can uh, online in five seconds, I can find an alternative to you. So if you haven't given me story or something that, that makes me feel connected with you, then I'm going to make that choice today, tomorrow. And you know, it's just going to be some change that I'll make on a whim. Uh, but if I do feel connected with you, then it, it becomes much harder to switch me to a different brand, a different provider, or even a different employer. And that's, that's why I suggest put yourself out front, make yourself part of your brand, your purpose, your vision, your history, your heritage, your culture, whatever it is that you really feel like represents you. Let's, let's see it. Let's, let's put it out there. And, and you know, nowadays, for the most part, like you and I, we've never actually physically met in real life. We right. met through online. And so now that's most of the transactions and interactions that's happening. And so I, I find that very interesting, right? To be able to make connect with somebody that could be 5,000 miles away through, you know, through the internet, through video. And we talked briefly about that before, about how important uh, video is with uh, branding. Can you go a little bit into that? Oh, video is so powerful these days. It's really, I, I, I've said this many times, if, if you're in business, regardless of what business you're in, you're in the video business. Uh, and, and I feel that way because it's, it's all about how effective marketing has become when it has video in it, right? So you're going to get so much more retention for the people who are consuming material that you put out there in video, you're going to show up in more of the organic searches because your, your website or your LinkedIn page has video on it. You're going to get better conversion out of the people who are consuming content that has video as a part of it. Uh, you know, better loyalty for the products and services. You're going to get better sharing, better traffic, more likes, more views, more comments, more, sh more shares. I mean, all of these things happen yeah. when you're employing video in your marketing channels. And so uh, the cool stat I saw on your website was that viewers retain 95% of a message when they watch it on a video compared to 10% when they read it in text. And I, I agree yeah, that I, that's happened to me multiple times. I like to read, but uh, I will say that sometimes I will rather watch a video and retain it. What is about that? What is it about that? That where if I see a video, I'm more likely to retain that information. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. So when we read right, left to right, black and white, um, what happens is we're engaging a very narrow slice of our brain. Um, when we are consuming video content, because there's, there's motion, there's color, there's visual and spatial connection relationship between things that are presented in that format, we're engaging much more of the, uh, of the receptive and processing capabilities of the brain. And because we're lighting up more of the brain, our ability to retain that information, make connections, with that information and apply that information expands exponentially. So every additional area of your brain that you engage as you consume content, that, that, that increases all of those capacities. This mm. is another reason why I really encourage people to use mind mapping as a note-taking technique, instead of just, you know, writing left to right, black and white mind mapping meaning you're, you know, you're basically filling up a page, almost like doodling, uh, as you're sitting in a meeting or listening to a lecture or taking in a video or learning some material, reading a book, 
rather than note-taking mind mapping, meaning you, you write like the central concept and you start to draw physical lines on that page, maybe even using different colors and circling different things, adding symbols, shapes, abbreviations. Uh, and it, you can look up mind mapping. There's lots of videos on this. Nice. It, it's such a more powerful way to take notes for the same reason that video is a more powerful way to convey information. It engages more of your mind. Now, so that's the first time I've heard of that. Um, as far as mind mapping that strategy, it's got me wanting to try that out because I find myself naturally, I will, I doodle all over a piece of yeah. paper in no way, in no structure and organization at all. I'm just, all right, note here, note there, note down there. All right, so I'll, I'll even try that myself. Uh, I totally encourage it. I mean, I have literally been the guy in the, you know, the billion dollar boardrooms when I'm sitting there with my, my large white sheet of paper and these colored pens. <laughs> It looks like the kid who brought his crayons to the, you know, <laughs> to his dad's meeting, but people see the the results of that technique and they become believers. No, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Colton. And so with with the way things are changing, right? Yeah. You, you talk about how B two B marketing strategies uh, and tactics, how to prepare for the twenty twenties. Uh, what what is that? What where are we going into the twenty twenties and how to prepare for that? Well, you've already covered video. Can't I can't overemphasize that enough. I think video is absolutely critical. I also think purpose is very important. Um, sharing the purpose behind what you do. The purpose is attracting people in very powerful ways. And I think one of the reasons for this is because, as we were talking about earlier, the opportunities that are available to individuals, whether it's companies to buy from, companies to work for, just what they're going to do, the opportunities are enormous. I have access to, as an individual, we all do have access to production capabilities, intelligence, talent, markets, money at an unprecedented level. I mean, we have levels of access that were only available to billion dollar companies 20 years ago, and, and now individuals have it. So whether you're a company selling me a product or, or trying to offer me a job, I can get that in a million places now, or I can start it on my own. If I have just this much passion about doing something, I have so much access to tools and capabilities that I can start my own thing tomorrow. This is why purpose is becoming so important. And it's, it's tied very closely to that element that we were talking about a minute ago, which is personality. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because if I can resonate with why you're doing what you're doing, then I'm much more likely to say, okay, I'll, I'll take my job here or I'll buy my product there uh, versus some other place. Purpose I believe this very strongly is going to be a lot like um, whether it was electrification or line manufacturing or digitization, web 1.0, web 2.0, social media. These changes were sea changes, like major shifts of winners and losers in the marketplaces based on, on these, uh, these new technologies coming in. I think purpose is just like, say, web 1.0 was when it first came out for the 2020s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh you said web 0.0, uh, 1.0. It just reminded me of uh, when we were talking about uh, just how at, throughout the years, uh, the internet is changing as far as the, inter the interaction process. Yeah. Yeah, web one, two, and now we're going into three with the metaverse and how that's going to change uh, the interaction uh, with businesses. Because obviously business is going to take advantage of that. There's already people, uh, I think Nike has a patent already yep. on uh, the sneak, the virtual sneakers. So yep. uh Yes, that's the, without geeking out, that is definitely the future. Um, you you talked about purpose. So 
I'll say one more geek reference. The, the first thing you made me think about when you talked about purpose was, uh, I don't know if you're a Matrix fan. Sure. Where Agent Smith was talking to Neo about mm. purpose, right? And if you take that away from me, then I feel like I have nothing. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when Agent Smith got very scrappy AF, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, but there was a book. <laughs> it was a book I was reading about leading millennials. And it talked about the fact that it is more important to people now to feel like they are part of the, big, the bigger picture. Yeah. Uh, to feel like they have a purpose in the fight, in mm -hmm. something, whatever the, you know, the trajectory of uh, that brand, that, that business is going. And that's what makes people feel good about yeah. maybe spending money or spending their time and whatever mission they're doing. Uh, and I think that, I think that's for the better. I think that's a good culture shift. I think you're right. I think, I think, I, I think you're totally right. I, I, so if I may say just a couple more things about purpose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, a really good example of getting purpose wrong. And then I could tell you about getting purpose right. So if you think about Blockbuster, um, a business that, that seemed to be convinced that they were in the DVD rental business. And in particular, because uh, toward the end of, of their um, kind of reign, if you will, they had a significant portion of their revenues derived from late charges. Okay. Yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> that, that. That points in a direction. But here, here's where the difference comes in. If as Blockbuster, they had recognized that they were in the entertainment at home business rather than the DVD rental business, they would have been much less uh, susceptible to disruption from uh, Reed Hastings and, and Netflix, right? So if, if as a dominant business, you recognize what purpose you're fulfilling, right, uh, for your customers, then it's much more likely that Blockbuster would have had the innovation of Netflix because it isn't about how do I get more DVDs onto these shelves? It's about how do I get more entertainment into the home? And if you think about a company like, let's say, um, Toro, right? This, this is a, a group that manufactures um, lawn care equipment, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, uh, yard maintenance equipment. If they think of themselves as the uh, yard maintenance equipment company, pretty disruptable. It's in the same, same perspective as Blockbuster thinking they're in the, the DVD rental business. If instead they take the position of their purpose being uh, beautiful landscape around your home business, then they're in a much stronger position. They are communicating purpose because again, I don't, the only reason I quote unquote need a lawnmower is because I have a lawn and I want it to be beautiful. The only reason yes. I need any of the equipment these guys sell, and this is where you get into that, that age old adage of when somebody comes into the, uh, the hardware store asking for a drill bit, they don't need a drill bit. They need a hole in the wall for something that they're trying to install. Right. But even that is to serve a purpose of, hanging a shelf to create more space and comfort and beauty in their home, right? You got to keep walking the path until you get to the human needs that you're fulfilling. And then you can start to build your purpose. Then you can start to communicate your purpose and then operationalize your purpose. And I guess that's why stores like Home Depot or Lowe's is perfect because that's the first thing that came to my mind. All right, home and garden, you know, tools, yeah. uh, appliances. That's kind of the one you know, the, the main thing is I need, I have home, a home care, you know, right. <laughs> you know, home and lawn care. And if you make this a one-stop shop and don't make yourself uh, pigeonhole yourself into just being a hardware store, you know, and you now I have drywall there, then I can do a lot more with that. So I, I have find myself subconsciously thinking about what you've just said, yeah. but I love the fact that you actually said it out loud because now I can, 
like either out loud say it to myself or while I'm thinking like, hey, okay, do I want to pigeon my whole pigeonhole myself into just this? Like right. just just buying for for me, just buying long term rentals. But what what is my company? My company is real estate investing. That can come mm-hmm. in many different shapes and sizes in order to still sustain uh, dominance or you know prosperity. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I'm glad. Okay, awesome. Glad you brought that up. That uh yeah broadens. I think people's perspective on this definitely different different ways to skin a cat, and then you're still in. So one, two things, you're still in whatever niche that you want to be in. And then right. also you do not uh, hinder yourself from growth and then totally. being phased out as, at a certain point. That's right. Yeah. And people who are interested in investing in real estate opportunities have various reasons why they're interested in doing that. If you, if the way that you're communicating is at that, that higher level, right? So if you're speaking to what they are aiming to accomplish by making that purchase, by making that investment, now, now you're in the space of communicating around purpose, which again, will be much more meaningful in the 2020s. Awesome. And so we've talked about, you know, marketing, uh, we've talked about trying to uh, creating fans, advice customers, right? Reaching out in an effective way. Uh, but obviously that stuff costs money. Uh, mm-hmm. And so how are people able to determine what their return on their investment will be with their marketing campaign? Well, I mean, so many different ways to measure the effectiveness of your campaign. Um, there's for in a B2B space, generally what I aim for is effective marketing is marketing that starts conversations. Um, okay. And you can, you know, for me, the first thing is whenever I take on a new client, I'm always asking what are the revenue goals for the next year? Um, and how many, what's your conversion rate looks like when you take, when you convert a lead to an opportunity and then the conversion rate from an opportunity to close business. So a lead is somebody who's come in as an inbound because you put out some thought leadership, you did a webinar, a, a direct mailer, email, something like that, right? Some actual campaign and that lead has come in. You have a conversion rate for them to become an opportunity, which means they're now engaged in a conversation. And then th- that conversation has some conversion rate likelihood that it turns into closed business for you. So you take your average contract value right? And you have the goal that you've set for next year. You divide that by the average contract value. And now you have the number of closed deals that you need to make. All right, let's figure out what your conversion rate is from opportunity to closed deal. Now we know how many opportunities you need to generate. And then once we have the conversion rate from lead to opportunity, we know how many leads you need to have. So let's walk it back. If I need to close 10 deals because I'm trying to make a million dollars and each deal that I, I, I do generates $100,000 in revenue, my conversion rate from an opportunity to a closed deal is 25%. So I know I need 10 deals. It means I need to be in 40 opportunity conversations. And my conversion rate from a lead to an opportunity, uh, let's say is 10%. Now I need 400 leads. Okay. So now I'm in the conversation. How do I get you 400 leads in a B2B context? We start talking about your prime targets and, and rather than trying to, trying to blanket that marketplace with you know, broad scale, more B2C business to customer type marketing, I want to get laser targeted to find the 400 people you need to be in a conversation with in order to, to drive to that bottom line of revenue for you in the next year. And so, well, a couple of things. What is a good confer- conversion per- uh, percentage rate? And would you say that the conversion percentage rate is based off of whatever business you're doing? So, it, like, It is, yeah. It really okay. is uh, in the in the B two B context. I mean, I've seen conversion rates that vary pretty widely, um, but I would say that if you can 
if you can get into that 20 to 30% range of converting opportunities to close business, you could say that you've done well in that space. I've, I've definitely seen, seen companies that are, that are higher up, but as you scale and you're getting past like the 10 million uh, annual revenue mark, and you can kind of triangulate around that 25 to 30% and stay there, good on you. If you're in your earliest stages of a startup, you should find a pretty high rate because you tend to be working within your, your closest network of people and opportunity. You've already got good relationship, good trust. You should be closing in that 60 to 70% range at the, at the earliest days of, of a startup. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for breaking that down. Uh, and so with a, you know, let's just say it is a startup, yeah. you know, at, at what point, you know, so let's say somebody's starting by themselves, at what point should they start looking into outsourcing, uh, you know, a marketing team, you know, there's some things that they need to learn on their own before they say, all right, now it's time to outsource. I love this question. I think this question has a lot to do with where your talents are. Okay. I mean, if you're great at writing copy and content and you want to start pumping out thought leadership to, to get people to recognize you as uh, a source of intelligence in any specific industry, go for it, man. I mean, that, that's a great way to attract business. Um, you're very creative. You're going you're gonna to come up with some great dimensional mailers and start sending out like physical packages that get attention for your brand. Hey, do it. You don't need to engage somebody if you've got that talent. You're great at making videos, start making videos. But uh, you know, for anything that you may not feel like you have a strength at doing, there's somebody out there who's down to take your money to do it for you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I, I would say once you set your goals and you know how many leads you need, there's so many different ways to generate those leads. I, I've worked with companies like um, Grow Now Digital or Straight In. These are groups that do great LinkedIn lead generation. They will, they will produce lead conversations for you and just funnel people your way to, to, that you can attempt to convert into closed business. And they do a great job, right? So, I mean, you want to pay someone to do that kind of outreach for you on LinkedIn, you should expect to spend between a thousand bucks and 1500 bucks a month to get that done. Easy, e easy to do. You can do the same kind of thing on Facebook, right? Uh, you can have people who handle your PR, your, your, all your whole PR function for you for anywhere from five to $15,000 a month. Right. And it, it's, it's a question of where is the best use of your time and talent to drive your business and then take anything else, pay somebody who's good to do it. What are some things, you know, somebody should be looking out for as far as to say, all right, that's a company I should probably work with, with as far as marketing. Um, I think the best way to, to answer that question is in any area where you're, you're looking to, uh, let's say you need someone to help you produce video commercials, right? Video okay. content commercials. Just talk to three studios, talk to three production houses and compare them. You do need to do some of your own legwork to get a read on, you know, what's going to be the best one for you. But I take, I take referral calls all the time, right? Like, can you give me somebody who I can talk to about what you guys have done? Can you show me some sample content? I mean, do the legwork. I think that it's it, it always pays off if you do the upfront legwork to, to research the uh, the companies that can support you in any aspect of marketing. And thank you, thank you for breaking that down because I think a lot of people uh, and I had to get over this hump myself where I want to do it myself. I built I want to build my website. I want to market because yeah. uh, I know I'm gonna do a good job, well, at least the best of my ability. <laughs> and then uh, versus paying somebody that may not take have the passion may not take it as serious but one thing that i have realized in this in this space is that you do get what you pay for most of the time i've noticed <laughs> yeah most of the time and so when you're yeah when you're paying that thousand fifteen hundred dollars i've seen that the product is pretty damn good mm -hmm. uh, and you will be probably pleased with the uh return on your investment yes. uh, with that 
but I asked, the only reason why I had asked, you know, what do you may look for? Because sometimes it's not now at that point, it, it doesn't really matter about the money that I'm paying, but it more cares about the, the part. What is the culture of that of that uh, company? What is the you know, what is the integrity of the person sure. that I'm talking to? That's what I start caring about. The, the higher my money goes. And I know that's kind of backwards to a lot of people like, oh, I just care about, you know, well, if I got to pay them 10 grand then they got to be legit. Uh, <laughs> and that's not the case. It's actually what I've noticed has been the other way around. Like, what is that person like? Yeah, they may be very good at what they do, uh, but are they professional? They have good customer service. Uh, that Are they workable? Can I work with them? <laughs> Uh, that is what I've realized really matters. And for, for me to not have buyer's remorse to where yep. like, yeah, okay. Yeah. They gave me a great product, but I hated working with it. It was a stressful process. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you another thing that's helped, helped me. Um, when I go to marketing conferences and events, there's lots of people who do the kind of work that I do and they tend to be pretty open books, right? You sit down like, so who do you use to generate more business for you, right? What are, what are the partners that you've engaged to help fill in the, gap, the gaps of what you don't offer? Maybe you are great at doing websites, but you don't do videos. Maybe you are great at doing uh, online campaigns, uh, but there's some other gap that you have in terms of supporting people. So they work with, with partners. You sit down and talk to people who are in your exact role because you met them at a conference or they were also attending a webinar you spotted them on LinkedIn and just reach out. Hey, who are you using for this and that? And how's it working for you? Are you pleased? I find that the more I do that, the more everybody's just down to share what they know. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. And, and that's another thing that I've loved about this since I've started the podcast has been so many people uh, that have been willing to just share the information. Obviously, some people have information in their books or their webinars or courses, uh, but generally everybody's been pretty helpful I've even had people after we've gotten off the podcast, just give up their personal time just to talk to me some more sure. uh, and share information. I'm like, wow, like, you don't understand, like what you're giving me is a golden nugget. It's probably worth $5,000 course, to be honest with you. Uh, but, you know, you've been so nice. And I make a joke with one of my uh, peer partners, uh, Mike Cavagioni. There's this guy that we heard, he was in a podcasting as well. And he had asked him like, hey bro, how did you figure out such and such? And the guy didn't want to tell him. And it was such a weird uh, interaction because like, you know, everybody <laughs> shares, what are you uh. doing? Like, and uh, somebody had told me like, hey, uh, that person won't blossom as far as they possibly can because mm -hmm. they're going to have that, that mindset of not sharing. When really I've realized that the more you share, the more everybody grows and uh, together. Totally agree. Um, so that's the, uh, the mindset you got to have not, Oh wait, I got it. I know this information. Let me keep it to myself. I am in total agreement with you. And I've seen this time and time again, uh, so many of the clients that I support, they've got great quote unquote secret sauce stuff, right? This is, uh, these are their strategies their tactics or best practices, executables. And I, I tell them, Oh, you put this all online turn this into white papers, turn this into webinars, turn this into, uh, you know, short tactic pieces, best practice pieces, go publish it all. And they're like, what? <laughs> this is how I've made my business happen. I'm like, exactly. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's about getting recognition for your expertise that will lead to the business that you want to have. It's yeah. where people get to see it. And, and nowadays, the radar that people have for, I'm looking for genuine expertise is very highly tuned. And we're a little jaded from marketing messages. I mean, everybody's marketing that they got the best everything. <laughs> These days yeah. it's, it's a prove it culture space. And 
your competitors, I don't care what business you're in, somebody in your space, somebody in your competitive space is showcasing on a regular basis, monthly, weekly, daily, even how much expertise their organization possesses by publishing that expertise. If they're not ahead of you yet, they're about to leapfrog past you, right? And if, and if you're not paying attention to what it takes to establish expertise, provenance, whatever you want to call it in, in this era, you're going to get left behind. And so I'm glad you're talking about that because I wanted to discuss with you, you know, what is the role in, in radical uh, creativity and tactical, you say, badass in business? Um, is that what gives you that, that edge, you know, and how do you fine tune that creativity and um, tactical yeah. badassness? I, I have found that that bringing creativity to uh, my professional life has been very valuable. Uh, there's been, a, I, I think that the reality is I may have gotten some head starts in terms of developing my creativity over, over some other folks who maybe didn't believe in their creativity or just didn't, didn't really recognize how to apply creativity in a business context. But it, it is absolutely true. And you just asked me, you know, how you can build up your creativity, that creativity can be built up in exactly the same, well, not exactly the same way, but in a similar way as a person can build up their athleticism. It's, it's like, it's very clear. I actually have on my website, a piece called how to be the most creative person in the room. And it's 10, 10 tactics for building up your own creativity. And mind mapping is actually, we already talked about that. And it's yeah. one, one example of how you can do this on a daily, regular basis. So if you undertake the exercises and practices, just like you would expect, if you were trying to you know build up your athletic stamina, get on the treadmill, get on your bike, make that happen, right? The rolling machine, whatever it is, and do it on a regular basis. And then lo and behold, right? Three months later, you have massively improved your athletic stamina. You can totally do the same thing in creativity. And if you're aiming to be scrappy in business, I highly recommend it. No, yeah, because uh, I always, my thought is like, I may run out of ideas one day, but I do make progress when I sit down and write down a bunch of things yeah. and then come back later. And I'm like, oh, wow, I thought about that. And then I make sure I apply it later. So that happens to me uh, because I forget my good ideas somewhere yeah. down the line somehow. Sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, that has definitely helped me out as far as uh, at least spark some creativity. And then maybe later on, I can compound on what some of those thoughts were. Uh, I'm actually, yeah, I was you about to give myself a pat on the back, but it's not about me. I was really just thinking about uh, as far as what you mentioned, how it kind of applies yeah. to some of the uh, personal things I've been through and how I kind of want to just I'm probably going to write a blog about it, actually, for what yeah. this concept that you just talked about. So that's kind of what my brain is churning about right now, actually. <laughs> well, I, I'll actually give you the pat on the back, because in what you just said, you mentioned something that is both so powerful and so subtle that I bet almost everybody missed it. And I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll spell it out in the way that I heard it. And what you had said was when you're working to develop ideas, you, you kind of immerse yourself in the material, I'm paraphrasing you, uh, and then you take a break, <clears throat> right? You kind of step away from it and the ideas just kind of come, right? When you, when you have that concern about, I don't know if I'm going to keep coming up with ideas and you step away and the ideas just continue to come, come to you because you have taken that step away. And that is exactly how the process for developing ideas work, gather material, right? Look at whatever it is you're dealing with. If you're trying to make a, a campaign for a business, absorb everything you can about that business, their marketplace, their competitors, their history, whatever, and just learn, 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 right? And then take time to make connections about things. So you're, you gather, then you sort of quote unquote, chew 
and then you stop. It is, it's so subtle, but it is massively powerful. If you give your, your subconscious, like non-active part of your brain time to make connections, it will produce ideas for you. You just have to trust that it's going to happen. Yeah. Cause I, I found myself, uh, when I try to create YouTube videos, if I find myself trying to just push videos out, I feel like it loses its luster. It's, uh, it's, you know, it being genuine feeling right. like it was actually something that I really felt passionate about versus maybe taking a break, coming back uh, and writing down a few ideas and then doing it later. Uh, so I think, I think people could feel that connection. They could feel like you're just phoning it in uh, kind of like the, uh-huh. like when you see certain uh, actors, it's like, all right, you're being the same person, every movie, like you clearly was not invested in this, in this role here. Mm. Uh, so I think people can also notice that too, especially now that everything's video. Well, the, the, the drive as far as uh, advertising is definitely towards video. And like we said, the way people are retaining information. Yeah. And so uh, what is the next step for Scrappy AF? What, what, are, you, what are your future plans with, with your company? So right now, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm moving more towards uh, directly coaching businesses. Um, my, my aim is to be able to go into an organization and within you know, two or three days, get their marketing program leveled up to uh, uh, basically exceed the benchmark of their industry so that they can capture market share from industry incumbents and expand into new market areas. So that means it show them how I have used creativity and the tactics that I've employed over the last 20 years to support the businesses that I've supported, give them all my tools, give them all my templates, train them up on, on the key, the key practices, point them to the right vendors that I would recommend for them so that, you know, in just a few days time, they can massively level up their marketing performance. I never want to be some permanently installed virtual chief marketing officer for you know, a, a business. What I would much rather see is that they are succeeding on their own. They're owning their own success. They have become on their own, a much more capable team. That, that to me is, that's really fulfilling for me as uh, as a consultant and a marketing coach. And would you consider that your big why, or as we like to say, your our rich state of mind? It would be exactly that. Yes. And I can see how um, I have so many similar um, her name was Melissa. She was a CFO and she'll mm-hmm. come in and be a partial CFO for a company. Yep. And she said the biggest fulfillment she got out of it is when they were able to kind of go off on their own uh, out of the nest and be yeah. their company without, uh, without her uh, in order. And they learned a lot from her. So I've noticed that there is a space for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like there's a bit of freedom in it too. You, you work with who you want to work with. Yeah, that's the idea. Um, and what that, what it also does is it, as I continue to get exposure to different businesses and different industries, I'm learning across, you know, a huge spectrum of spaces, best practice, best practices and tactics uh, that, that I can bring into every other space that I interact with. So the breadth of my exposure helps to benefit anyone that I support. Awesome. And what are some ways that people can um, reach out to you uh, or find you? What, what are your websites, social media tech, stuff like that? Yeah. So scrappyafsolutions.com. And uh, I'm also very active on LinkedIn, Colt Briner on LinkedIn. Uh, easy way to find me. If you find any other Colt Briners on LinkedIn, you must inform me of that right away. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, th- that's probably the easiest. I, I welcome anyone to, to uh, directly outreach. And if you do go to my website, scrappyafsolutions.com, I make it really easy to reach me. So some, uh, some key takeaways. I had a little stumbling for a second. Uh, 
2020, start looking at the 2020s. Yeah. Uh, start looking at where the marketing branding world is going. Pay attention mm-hmm. to that. Don't get mm-hmm. so stuck in what worked maybe 10, 15 years ago. Totally uh, true. I was just talking about how, uh, you know, easily you could say, hey, I probably would only, would only find it in the library 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Now a lot of this stuff is on the internet or mm-hmm. even the YouTube, as you have it here. A third of the internet looks at YouTube and consumes information or entertainment through YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and I would say YouTube is almost to the point where it's like Google, where pretty much anything you're looking for, you'll find it. Totally. So you're pretty close. You, uh, very few times I have not been able to find any content or something I was looking for. Yep. Uh, and so that is, I think that's that's awesome when you can, you literally have the information all in this in this thing, this phone here right or or your computer to to gain knowledge on things to make you better and like i don't do, i don't definitely discourage people from reading i think reading has its own pros to it sure. uh definitely increase my vocabulary that way but uh the the information is there and um now we just as business people marketers branders uh we have to figure out how to package that information to get to convert yeah uh, and obviously, and the cool thing is, man, it's not in a sleazy way. It's in a very trusting and integral way so that we're not, you know, taking advantage of people. Because uh, I know people, when it comes to marketing, they'll say like, oh, it's manipulation. Uh, you know, you're, you're brainwashing people into doing these particular things. But uh, I don't. I look at it as sometimes you're providing something. <laughs> what does it say? This is, this uh, influence. Is, yeah, the, the psychology of persuasion. Yeah, yeah. It's per, mm-hmm. I consider persuasion. You're just providing somebody with a resource that they did not maybe did not know existed, mm-hmm. or they didn't know they needed. Yeah. You're like, oh, you know what? I needed. I did need that. You know, that was something that would help my business or would help me personally. Mm-hmm. So thank you for uh, breaking that down, Colt. It was uh, it was an awesome pleasure having you. Uh, and Scrappy AF is a company. It's it's definitely unique. I've never heard of somebody being as bold, brazen mm-hmm. with their uh, title as you. Yeah, well, it's kind of a it's an easy way for me to weed out people who I probably wouldn't want to work with anyway. Um, oh, okay. And, and the uh, the idea is, you know, as I said earlier, I think good marketing is all about starting conversations. Um, and you know, why shouldn't it start with the name of your company? People ask me all the time about the name of my company. (laughs) It's working. No, yeah, it is. And I I love the color scheme that you have too. the, um, how AF is Mm -hmm. uh, different than scrappy. So you definitely are applying everything that you said. And like I said, I'm, I'm big on, uh, when I go to somebody's website, when I go to see their content, uh, just, you know, how they carry themselves, the things I look for as well that a consumer would as well, that would make us attracted to uh, to you or uh, yeah. any type of product. Uh, I like stuff like that when people are applying it and uh, it does work. Oh, like you say, you know, pay attention to the, do I assume pay attention to the data in the direction that it's taking you and you'll see, all right, this, this color scheme, this, this, uh, you know, attitude or maybe yeah. personality I'm displaying is working and uh, let's play on to that. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. Well, thanks. Thanks, Colt, man. It's been a pleasure, man. And I can't wait for this, this episode to post, actually. It's been awesome. Right on. I appreciate this conversation, Anthony. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for sticking with us from the start of the episode. 
Please share our show with friends and family, visit our YouTube channel, and view more of our content on richstateofmind.com. See you next week on the Rich State of Mind Show.